1: Hello my friends and welcome to the Blizzard Watch Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Rossi. With me this week is my fantastic co-host, Joe Perez. How you doing, Joe?
0: I'm doing okay. How are you doing today?
1: Uh, not bad, not bad. Uh, I mean, it's kind of always a little weird. Always,
0: because yeah. we do this twice.
1: <laughs> yeah, but we didn't do this Sunday, so... Um,
0: yeah, Sunday Sunday was a little bit odd due to the holiday and uh, the fact that I wasn't feeling well, so apologies for those of you that were waiting for Watch. Um, but we'll have well, a well, fresh right. one this week coming.
1: Yeah, we'll try and make it up to you. But uh, in the meantime, uh, I guess we should start talking about things that are going on in World of Warcraft. Because we do the pre-show. I don't know if you guys know about the pre-show. If you if you don't, we do a pre-show and you can come listen to us as we just yammer on about whatever we're thinking about. Today's pre-show went pretty far and wide, really. Um, but... Because we do that, it's kind of hard to often then come back into this show and then be like, so what do you do this weekend? We just talked about that for half an hour. My like, oh. God, <laughs> how much do you want to know about what I've been doing? It's
0: behind the curtain, behind the curtain.
1: <laughs> but, uh, I think I'll just talk about the fact that, um, I don't know if you guys know that they're uh, doing a Diablo 2 resurrected uh, tech alpha this weekend. Um, I believe it's on the 9th of April. Yeah. Uh, or this is the 6th, so it'll be this weekend. Yeah. Um, I'm off the fence about tech alphas because tech alphas seem to be getting used more and more as promotional tools than as actual tests. Like, you know, a lot of people who are like quote unquote influencers and streamers will get in. Yeah. They'll stream it. People will get to see it. They'll get excited. It's free promotion. And at the same time, it's supposed to be a test, but it's a tech alpha is a test of a lot of things. It's not just a test of, Oh, are the quests? Okay. It's a test of, does this game run at all? Uh, does this game crash in weird ways? Does the networking work can can the multiplayer sustain big use that's all part of a tech alpha uh, it's a,
0: It's an interesting dynamic because like what a tech alpha was even what a beta was has shifted because of I mean twitch and youtube and and let's plays and things like that and influencers in general like I was talking about this the other day like I remember when We were in like the WoW beta, the original WoW beta, the closed beta. There, you had access to a secret forum. Uh, YouTube wasn't really a thing. You didn't really have streamers. So, like you, your job, like when you got in, you almost felt obligated to, you know, test, report, and work with it. Like I remember, like I have a relationship with a lot of game developers from my time doing beta testing for various games way back when. And now, like, everything's sort of shifted, where you're right, like, the tech alpha is going to, you know, streamers or influencers or whatever, um, and it becomes almost like that promotional thing now. Uh, where It is
1: to somebody who desperately wants to get into it, and if I do get into it, we'll probably stream it, and we'll definitely write about it. Oh, so we
0: absolutely will. Let's be let's honest about it. not
1: pretend I'm some lily-white innocent here. Um, no, and, but I, and-
0: we can acknowledge the thing that the, the landscape has changed, though
1: absolutely I, mean, I think it goes back to um uh, the thing i was thinking about today is and you'll remember this remember when the annual pass came with when you got the annual pass i think around 2011 they gave you like a, they said you'll guarantee a spot in the beta the, yes. the mandaria beta which i think they've never done again because they realized what a bad idea it was
0: yeah because they they had too many people literally immediately sign up for that
1: yeah, for I remember like articles like the, the last 400,000 invites have gone out. Yeah. <laughs> like but as a result of that, that was the first time that a beta test wasn't a beta test because it was a reward. It was something you got for doing something. And it made testing, people weren't going onto it to test anything. They weren't interested in in filling out feedback. They wanted to play the game early. And that to me was fascinating because a whole lot of people ended up experiencing what a beta was like and Mister Pandaria was fascinating in that if you played in the Mister Pandaria beta, you would have gotten to see an entirely different opening experience than the one that actually went live. Because mm-hmm. they scrapped it, they scrapped the whole thing, they scrapped the entirety of Jade Forest and started over on the beta while all these people were playing it. And that, to me, is, has been always been to my mind, this is the moment when the testing started to really shift, at least in Blizzard terms for, like, other Blizzard games. Like, now we keep seeing tech alphas come out. Tech alphas have kind of turned into what betas used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, at the same time, they're wildly they're incredibly public. They're not private, like you pointed out. Betas used to be like, oh, you're in the beta? Yeah, I can't tell you anything about it, sorry.
0: Well, yeah, and that's the other thing, too. There used to be, like, heavy NDAs around some of that stuff, too, and I think some people forget that. Like, when you got into a, the beta... Like you weren't allowed to talk about it. You weren't allowed to really do anything about it. Uh, And in fact, like if they found you like sharing information about it, I know people that had their beta access revoked back in the day. And now it's it's completely different. You are encouraged to share and promote and to talk about your experiences as much as you are encouraged to test. If not, maybe more. I I don't it's a weird, different animal now.
1: Yeah, absolutely. is. But that's happening this weekend, so if, if you know, if somebody gets in from the site, I'm sure we'll we'll have stuff to say about it when it happens. Um in general, uh another th- another beta test that's going on, in fact you can if you're watching the stream of this podcast, you can see me doing so. Uh is the Burning Crusade classic beta is now out. Um and man, that's weird. It is weird to see the old Rani models. It's weird to go back to Outland and have like painted on eight uh, pack yeah none of the stuff that you used to have and in like even like the resolution isn't the same you can't make the screen resolution this, as big as you can now um, that's just one of many things you can't do uh, let me give you a quick example if you're watching the stream that's the UI and that's what it looks like and there's not much you can do about it um there's no obviously you can mod it but there's no mods yet for the beta so
0: yeah and this is a really good example because back then because there weren't a whole lot of mods during this time frame is when I learned how to Lua script back in the day so that I could make my own action bars. <laughs>
1: you got disconnected. Uh, That's a problem.
0: Well, it is a beta.
1: Yep. I just don't know if it's going to stay disconnected. Well, um, We can
0: keep talking while you're getting back in there, though. But it is, it is interesting, though, that the Burning Crusade classic beta is coming out, or is a thing now, uh, because people are getting to experience Burning Crusade in a well, for some of them are for the first time, really. Yep. Because I don't count uh, going back to Outlands now really the same thing.
1: Well, it's definitely a different feel, absolutely.
0: Yeah, as opposed to at level back in the day when it was like this whole new thing with going through the Dark Portal and experiencing it for the first time. This place that you heard about during, uh, you know, Warcraft uh, 2. It, it's just so, it was such an impressive important thing and i remember like the opening of the dark portal being like this massive event uh where you know players gathered and uh you know experienced this weird weirdly communal of thing for like the first time uh so people are getting to experience some of that again not all of it because well it's not exactly the same
1: and we'll probably be talking about that in a minute but it's, it's, I mean, it's, it is it's. interesting that one of the things that I've noticed is there's little bits and pieces that are not quite... Um, th- th- they're definitely taking an approach to Burning State Classic where they're, they're making structured changes mm-hmm. from the get um, And some of it is as simple as you know using the last patch of the game, which they did in, in WoW Classic as well. Uh, whilst I understand doing that, you have to remember that the original game did not have the benefit of the last patch of the game. They didn't know what the last patch was going to be at the time they released the, the game itself. Uh, changes in patches and bug fixes and all that stuff are the process of playing the game and realizing what you need to do. All that's done in retrospect here. They've already done it. They, they have the, the patch they think is the best, and they're going to start with that one. So you don't get the experience of playing the game and having a patch come in and change your gameplay. Which is something you had in the original World of Warcraft. Um, yep, I remember playing in 2004 as a paladin for the first few. I think the first month of my gameplay was a paladin, and I got to keep in in a month. I got to level 14, and that wasn't even a terrible uh, pr- progress because it just you know you could do it faster. But I was you know I was playing like a couple hours a day on a, on a computer I was sharing with my then girlfriend. So yeah, I got to level 14 and. That's when I got invited to my first group, and ah, oh, it's down again. I'm getting the sense we're going to have to switch to regular WoW, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, but uh, I'm going to have to switch the Loader now. But yeah, uh, th- so there's a lot of stuff happened, and you don't know how to explain it to people, and they're not getting that experience. Yeah, and, and it's because they can't,
0: right? Like, no, it's, they absolutely can't. And it, and I'm not mad about that either. Like I know some people that are hopping mad about the fact that people aren't going to experience the same growing pains that we had, but at the same time, I'm just like, this is fine. Like it's, it's not supposed to be the same experience. And some folks just can't reconcile that.
1: Well, so. because I mean, I'm, I'm completely opposite to you. I think it is supposed to be the the, the same experience. If it's not the same experience, to a certain degree, what is the point of doing it? And that'll move us into the, the next topic, because this is something that they've done for WoW Classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, play WoW Classic, and you're not going to go to Burning Crusade Classic if you're, if you're going to stay at the 1 to 60 Classic era servers and just keep playing uh, WoW Classic. They've added something called the Chrono Boon Displacer. And what the Chrono Boon Displacer is, is basically a way around one of the big annoyances of Classic, World of Warcraft Classic. Uh, and this is something that was an annoyance at the time. Uh, there are various things you can do in the world to get a buff to your character that lasts for like up to two hours. Mm-hmm. There's dire mall. You can go do a dire mall tribute run and you get like up to up to three buffs because there are up to three guards. You can not kill. If you don't kill these three guards, each of them gives you a two hour buff um, that buff stacks with other buffs, like the rallying cry of the dragon slayer. Uh, and, you know, turning in the Ani or Nefarian heads will give you a buff as well. Um, Things like that if you get those buffs they're immediately on a two hour timer and then once their timer wears out they're they're done like that's it you pr- you can't really get them again that week in many cases uh you can i think you could get the dire diremol one every day but you couldn't get the the rallying cry of the dragon Slayer was one was one time a week because you only turn in on he head if you were lucky enough to be standing in stormwind and somebody else turned in the head, you could get the buff or or Orgrimmar. um let's not leave Orgrimmar out. Uh, but but if, if you weren't, then you couldn't. And that's just how they were designed. And so as a result, people who play WoW Classic are logging out once they get their buffs because they don't want to use them up before raid time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And people sort of very rightly pointed out that it feels kind of weird to have a game where people feel like the game is telling them to not play it. That's not really, that doesn't really fit our vision for the game. So they've introduced this item, the Chrono Boon uh, displacer and the Chrono Boon displacer literally stores your buffs. If you have these world buffs on you, you click this thing. It takes the world buffs off you. You can't get them again. Now, like as long as the Chrono uh, displacer is in your bags, charged up with buffs, those buffs cannot be applied to you again. So you can't double dip, which I think is a nice touch, but as long as they're on the thing, they're in your bag. It, they don't click down. The time doesn't expire. You can put them back on you when it's time to raid. And that's a really cool idea. And it absolutely did not exist. And it has never existed. It does not exist in World of Warcraft right now. There's just nothing like this. And never has been. This, to me, this is the change too far. This is when World of Warcraft Classic has abandoned the idea of being a recreation of the original game. And I Mm -hmm. get why they're doing it. I get that they're doing it for the reason they stated. I get that it's a good reason. I, I don't necessarily think it's a bad reason. But once you get to a certain point with this, you're not making a game to recreate an experience anymore. You're making an alternative version of the game. There are now effectively two World of Warcrafts. They're different games and their their separation is real. Yeah. And they've done this they, they've been heading this way. They did the Alterac Valley change uh, they put shaman changes in that didn't, in, didn't arrive until burning crusade. Mm-hmm. It, it, I understood that change because those changes would have gone live. It's just, that they're like, well, we're doing, you know, we're doing burning crusade in like a few months anyway. Why don't we just put them there rather than have to do it now and then have to patch it later and have to like, look at the balancing issues. Why don't we do it all in one go? That makes perfect sense. I get why they, they did it that way back then. And I get why they decided, well, these changes were really important. And we can't really have WoW players not have them because they fix the class. So I got all that, but I feel like we've gotten to the point where we have just straight up abandoned the recreation aspect of this. There, there was as much as it was a game, and it was meant to be playable and fun for people. There was an an element of this that was a recreation of an experience, and there were obviously choices that had to be made and it wasn't going to be one for one and it wasn't going to be perfect but there was a philosophy of giving you the game as it was this is not giving you the game as it was and I'm going to shut up so Joe can actually talk about it because I know he doesn't feel exactly (laughs) the same way so we should let him have his his opinion
0: so here's the thing I always walked into classic existing uh, as not the same game from the very first day it was announced the very first thing I said is it will never be the same game And I was okay with that from the very beginning. Uh, It's one of those things where its existence started out as a way to sort of preserve some older content, which is great but now it's become its own animal, which is what those servers were. It became it became its own thing. The, the classic servers that existed, the Burning Crusade servers that existed, uh, which were the basis for all of this happening in the first place, that Blizzard kept shutting down, they became their own things. There were vanilla servers where you could fly. There were servers where players could reset encounters or, or things at a whim, uh, roll their characters back, have... Uh, all sorts of, of experiences that you as a player couldn't have. And I always said when Classic was spun up, that's where it was going to go. And it would be a, a good way to experience some things in the form of a time capsule, but it can never actually truly be a full time capsule because the time the time of vanilla has come and gone. Classic is... A window into that sort of era but it can never be the same thing it's like looking at a picture or a painting of an event that happened it's not the same as the event uh but it captures some of the essence of it and i'm fine with that again i think it's i think that's that's a-okay and if people are having fun with it that's even better this is just one of those things like the chronoboon displacer i think you're right it's it's the one thing that really says more than anything else that this is a different new thing, but that's okay. That I think that's perfectly fine, uh, and it can exist and do whatever it wants to do with it because these are things we wish at least in some of our cases, some of us wish we had back then. If I had a way to preserve those buffs uh, and just use them during the raids, I would have. Uh, If I could bottle the buff from the Blood of Heroes farming that I used to do before Raid, uh, and then log out, and then hopefully get a summons to where I needed to go, sure, I would do that, because it was a convenience thing. So, like, this doesn't bother me as much, and if it makes people's time in Classic you know, more fun or easier uh, or quality of life is improved. I'm okay with that. Uh, hey, here's,
1: and- the, here's the thing. I, I think that we're kind of talking about different stuff. Sure. All of that's fine. I, I could stipulate to each and everything you just said, but it doesn't address the danger of having parallel production of these games has to their sustainability. Now, There's a benefit in that you have to pay your monthly WoW subscription to get access to either of them. Mm -hmm. So you're not splitting the financial player base, but you are splitting the player base. You are splitting people off into now at this point, there's people who are going to just play WoW Classic on Classic era servers. There are people who are going to play Burning Crusade Classic on those servers. And there are people who play retail WoW on those servers and you've now divided them and you're dividing them more. And, as long as WoW Classic was a museum piece, as long as it was a preservation piece, first and foremost, as long as that was the primary design philosophy of it, it had value in that it was it was that. It was a means to show people the way the game used to be. Once you turn away from that, you've just started developing another game. How much? I, I, there's a danger that you, the, the temptation is to put more resources into developing more things for this yes but that's the thing that i find myself most concerned by i don't want these games to become like i don't want to get wow 2.0 by getting wow 1.0 again i I don't know how else to put it like at what point are we gonna like are they gonna get an actual expansion that's a, a wow expansion we never had to WoW Classic, like, are we going to get Dragon Isles the way it was? Gonna I don't be? think
0: that that'll ever. I don't think that'll ever happen. Here's but thing,
1: we, we say that all the time. We say, I don't think that'll ever happen. And then Blizzard surprises us and does the thing that we always thought they would never do. And I, I've been. That's what I said when I was talking about this. Is that I shouldn't be surprised that they did this, and the fact that I am surprised that they did this is a surprise to me because I've been around forever at this point. And I've seen them do this kind of thing all the time. I mean, the very existence of wow. Classic is one of those things that they said forever. They weren't going to do. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't mind them doing dev- design on wow. Classic, but at this point, guys, you're going to have to be upfront. That that's what you're doing. And, and I don't feel like that's been done yet. I don't think people have admitted it yet that this is an alternate track. Now, this is a different game that you are playing. It's not, just oh I want to have some nostalgia I want to read no you are playing a different game
0: I think there's enough players dedicated playing only that already that it's that I think that's f- I, I and and not to like just completely disagree with you but like I think that's fine because it keeps those players playing and just to play the devil's advocate if it becomes profitable to develop for it they will pro they will develop for it but at the same point th- where do they stop, right? Like, and and right now, like, how much more do they do they develop? Do we get uh, Wrath Classic? Why Wrath exists, you can still experience it. It hasn't really changed that much. That's you another
1: can- thing about Wrath Classic. When since we're talking about that, Wrath Classic is where, Wrath of the Lich King is where a lot of stuff people don't like in World of Warcraft today comes from.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like,
1: but- stuff, like if you don't like dungeon matching, that's where it comes from. So I, I'd be interested to see if they can do Wrath Classic.
0: But that's the question: is I don't know if they will do Wrath Classic because I don't know, I don't know if there's a justifiable reason with the difference between the games. Because you
1: absolutely can, if, if this game does well, if this game has got enough people playing it, if it brings people back, if people want it, absolutely they'll do Wrath Classic because it is there. They have the files. It's there. It's ready to go, and people want it. People want it more than BC Classic.
0: No, I mean, we'll, I, only time will tell, but I'll, again, if there's more players playing it at any point than the regular ge- or the, the normal game, then I can't fault them. Like, is it going to make me happy? No. But again, I can't fault them if it becomes another product that gets development time. And yes, there is a danger in it, you're absolutely right, but as of right now, it's not really slowing down anything that's happening with yeah. the main game.
1: When I look at like, when I look at this too. One of the things I think about is when we saw at the press conferences and the stuff at BlizzCon online for Diablo 2 re- re- Resurrected. They talked over and over again about trying to preserve it, trying to give you the experience that the original game had. That philosophy is now absent from Wild Classic. Oh and no,
0: I, I agree. That's what, that was absent a while ago. And I think that that's a problem
1: and because it, you know here here's my thing. If you give people an inaccurate experience, if you give them something that is like it was but better, you are encouraging the the deteriorative aspects of nostalgia. You're telling people that their rose-colored glasses were accurate, that it was better than they think it was. And I that to me I don't But like I guess it. I, it's a dangerous thing to do. But I guess I guess the question is why are right when they're not. But it's something that you can't just get away with it by saying, "But it's what people want." It doesn't matter that that's it's not what, what I was going to say. I know, but it kind of is the thrust of your previous argument.
0: Of the previous argument, are, yes. But yeah, what I'm and, saying is, right now, there's no way that we can go back and experience what it was originally in full capacity, anyway. Yeah, and but so there was.
1: Some, you can have the philosophy of trying to make it as close as possible. That's the value of wow classic is based on what people think the value of wow classic is so e- two individual players of wow classic are going to think different things about it i understand that i get that some, for some people this is absolutely perfect this is exactly what they want and i just i am hesitant to embrace it uh, let me
0: put it way. it's fair i don't know uh, i mean i guess i guess the question is then how do you feel about diablo 2 and the remaster. The
1: more that I see about it, the more I believe that they are going to add as little as possible. And I think that that is the way to go.
0: Um, but don't you think it has the same danger?
1: It has the same danger, which is why I'm paying attention to it very carefully. And when I we say stuff like danger, let me be clear here. We're talking about a video game. No one's going to get blown up. No one's going to die. This isn't the end of the world. If they decide to make like Dragon Isles expansions for WoW Classic... I'll be a little annoyed and my life will go on and people will play it. And those people will probably enjoy it. And I might get sucked into playing it because I'll want to see that. Now, if they did something, you could imagine them actually doing parallel development mm-hmm. where they actually release dragon Isles as an expansion to modern wow. And to wow classic at the same time, because a lot of the work is going to have to be the same. That would be funny. I don't, I, don't, I, I would be like, what, but there's a lot of different ways this can play out and being a little concerned about something is not in any way, shape or form thinking that it is like some evil thing that must be fought at all costs. I don't think it must be fought at all costs so far. What I've seen of burning crusade classic is it's pretty fun. Um And it's fun to have the experience of the stuff that you don't remember that it makes it harder or weirder, like going to honor hold or um, I forget like Thromar. Is that what it's called? Thromar. Yeah. Going to Thralmar or honor hold, your first time through the dark portal in burning crusade classic is it still manages to do that thing that it hasn't really happened in a long time because all the stuff is the way it was there's absolutely no none of the there's no heirlooms there's nothing to make it go faster there's nothing to make you stronger you're you are as strong as your gear and talents make you and that's really interesting playing like a level three blood elf the other day and like you actually have to be careful like, you remember the last time you were careful while you were leveling? Mm. Like, I haven't been careful when I'm leveling in like 10 years.
0: I mean, I can't really say that I've been careful when leveling ever because I have sort of a suicidal leveling wish. Um, I just kind of go, and where I wind up, I wind up. So I might be a bad yeah. case.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you, you just die a lot. So that's in this, that, that's the thing, the consequence that you accept. And that's. For all that I am not WoW Classic's target player, there is stuff about it that is really compelling because you are looking at game design frozen in amber. This is the way games were designed in 2004. Keep in mind that WoW started in 2000. They started developing WoW in the year 2000, just after Warcraft 3. They started working on developing for for World of Warcraft and they went through multiple iterations before they four years down the road finally got to the point where they're like, oh, we can put a beta out. We can show people this. Imagine being able to do that now. Yeah. Like, you know, take four years to put out a game like that. And it's just, it is fascinating. And I don't want them to lose that aspect of it. I think that that is one of the best things about wild WoW classic is how it gives you as imperfect as it is. It gives you an idea of what players experience. Why did this become big? And, what were people like? You mentioned before that, you know, remember, YouTube didn't exist. If people wanted to do in game videos, or kill boss kill videos. They had to put them on machinima.com.
0: Yeah. At very four eighty p. if they were lucky, uh, yeah. but I, I guess, but that's, I think that's just, and I don't want to dwell too much on it, but I think that's where, why I'm kind of as okay with it as I am is because I already accepted that it can't be the same. And, and whether that's right or wrong for me, what made vanilla. Wow. The lightning in the bottle was the timing and the gap that it filled. Sure. The gameplay that was more convenient and divergent compared to other MMOs at the time, sure, but it was that community that had to thrive and grow because we didn't have the tools and resources that we have now. And that's the thing that I don't think you can ever possibly fully capture again because back then voice chat was a rarity. Uh, It wasn't the norm and it was expensive to stand up a voice server because it was, you know, at the time, and this doesn't sound like a whole lot now, but 50 bucks a month for a 20 person vent server was a lot of money
1: just since twenty wasn't going to count it cut it anyway
0: back then, then it was it was, you, it was 40 when that was like $75 a, a month or something like that because you had to pay for a host the host had to do the installation for you um, and then you had to pay per license per users there were license caps like we look at discord now and you you can set up a discord server and you can have a ton of people like you can have 40 people in a chat and it, it just it just goes you couldn't do that back then. If you wanted 40 people, sometimes you had to. People had to rotate out. Uh, there were caps on how many people could be in a channel at a time, and it was expensive. And websites weren't as good as they are today. And and you know this is not to say that resources back then were non-existent. There was things like Thoughtbot and and uh, a few other resources. Our site was born from that era, but that's because we filled a gap that didn't exist or or, or that filled the gap to provide something that didn't exist. Right. Like there wasn't a communal place to have everything aggregated. And that's where we got our start. And so now you look at it now, how many websites exist that are dedicated wholly to, you know, just content for this game? There's a lot of them. How many YouTube channels and Twitch channels exist now that are dedicated to just this game? Uh, There's a ton of them. The spoil of choice that you have now means that no matter what you do classic can never be vanilla from the start. And that's just where I approached it from. So
1: I don't think that that changes the fact that if your philosophy is to try and give people as close a, a, a recreation as possible, that's very different from not doing that.
0: And and I agree. And that's and their, their original statement was was that they wanted to do that. And maybe it's time that they reevaluate their statement and maybe they just they flat out and be honest with themselves of this is not the same thing. It has the same data that you could have experienced at that time. You can still go visit the world pre cataclysm, which I think is sort of the biggest thing for a lot of folks like me, like. I can go and hang out at the gray main wall and take pictures of the fear bulbs. Uh,
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's weird though, because, and we do actually, probably sure. should, but I will say that it's interesting that burning crusade classic is so popular considering it doesn't provide any of that. It, yeah. There's none, none of that. Oh, the world was different. Nope. It's the exact same BC that you have now. Yep. Yeah, you know, nothing different there,
0: which again is a, is a whole other thing. Cause like it, it I'm very confused by that, but also again, who knows? people people like what people like but yeah
1: people, let's be upfront some people really do want to see the world as it was and get mm-hmm. that i think you're talking about is absolutely a draw for some people some people just straight up want wow to be what it was when they played it yeah and that's and what's really interesting is now we're gonna have some people want wow to be what it was when they played it but with a few tweaks and a few improvements that was how always going
0: to be the case yeah
1: how many few tweaks and improvements can you have before oops it's back to being what I don't like again.
0: <laughs> it's, the it's, it's Theseus's Warcraft.
1: <laughs> In a weird way, Warcraft today. the reason why people don't like WoW today is because it's changed too much. But eventually, when you're on this path of making small incremental changes, that's what happens. So yeah, yeah I it's, it's interesting. I am not like, this isn't me raging about them doing it, but it's me thinking this is, this is a watershed moment. It's important. We should be aware that this is happening. Uh, But we should move on. We have some stuff to do. Uh,
0: We have emails and chats and stuff from Discord.
1: Stuff from Discord, stuff from emails. In one case, one guy sent me a very long DM. Uh, So, yeah. If you have a question for the show, you can get it to us in a variety of ways. Um, You can use our Discord server. There's a patron Q and podcast questions channel and a Q questions channel. We, We use the patron channel first because the patrons get first dibs. That's the whole point of being a patron. You get first dibs on this here podcast. Uh, or you can email us at podcast at com with the subject line podcast of blizzardwatch. So we know it's for this show. Um, or you can be just vague enough in your question that I can't tell what show it's for. Or I can delude myself into thinking it should be on this show. <laughs> and then I will grab it. And Joe's like, ah, curse you, Rossi. And I'm like flying away on a Zeppelin going, ah, I have your question. And we're going to talk about it today.
0: You, you laugh, but he does this. He legitimately does this.
1: The Zeppelin is amazing. It's got this lovely steampunk. It's just really great. Uh, it, I wish Joe would stop swinging in on a rope and, you know, whipping me. But, you know, other than that, it's, it's, it's a truly really great Zeppelin. <laughs> I like that. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, let's go. Joe's going to read them for us, because he usually does, uh, if you don't mind, Joe.
0: Not at all. Uh, First one is from Hephaestus Jones. I love that name. That's a great name. Dear Servants of the Winter. So I have read that there was a Diablo D&D book back in the 00s, or Zeros, uh, in a Warcraft RPG based on D&D, but I've never seen either. I play a lot of D&D, so maybe explain what these books were, and if they're worth finding if you're interested in D&D and Blizzard games. So I guess I'll let you go first.
1: Well, I mean, let me point out these are not the current edition of D and D.
0: No, third edition.
1: Yeah, that they, they were they were based on third edition because not third, 3.5, edition, third. Yeah, third edition because third edition was the first time that there was an open gaming license, which meant you could license, you could basically make a D and D book without actually being you know Wizards of the Coast or TSR. And as a result of that, a lot of companies did things. Now, the Diablo d and book is different cuz it's an official Wizards of the Coast product. Yes. Uh, it was licensed by Wizards of the Coast from Blizzard. They they straight up did it they did it exactly as they were developing th- 3.0. Like it came out I think almost exactly at the same time as the third edition player's handbook. It did. Yeah. Um so that's a slightly different story. But either way, either way these are not based on modern d and So if you are playing modern d and if you're playing fifth edition there will be some conversion you will have to do. It's not awful if you if you know fifth edition, you'll recognize enough of third edition that you can make you can make the adjustment there's, not too hard.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of shared DNA. It's it's an easier conversion than say from fourth to fifth.
1: Yeah, um, and someday we'll, Joe and I will actually get to have a talk about fourth edition and its pros and cons because it's, it's straight up fourth edition would have made a great Warcraft game.
0: Absolutely,
1: it was designed to be kind of MMOE, and it would have worked really well. But regardless. Um, so yeah, they're not quite the same. There will be some conversion necessary if you, if you are not experienced with, with that version of D and D. Yeah. As and- for what they were, what they were the Diablo two book. There was actually two of them. There was a, there was a big adventure and it got, it got a couple, it was a couple expansions, weren't there? There the one that I remember is there was uh, to hell and back, which was the, the, with this, with the release, I believe Diablo two Diablery was the, here's how to make a Diablo character in D and D. Yeah. And that had classes like barbarian, sorceress, and so forth. And then Diablo 2 uh, to Hell and Back was the big adventure. And it was a big adventure.
0: There was also the Bloodstone Tomb, which was the pre release, I remember, because they released that as a. Yeah, that
1: was a pre product.
0: Yeah, that was the fast play that came out in 99. Uh, yeah, but that was actually, sort of the precursor.
1: Yeah, that's actually in um, To Hell and Back. Everything from that is in Hell and Back. There's, nothing, there's no reason to get that if you have To Hell and Back. It's got all the same material.
0: Oh, because I was going to say, because I also remember Awakening was Awakening into Hell the Back. I have the books. I just haven't cracked them open in forever.
1: But um, I think it's Diablery. It's not Awakening, is it?
0: No, there, there was one called The Awakening. Um, so The Awakening, oh, crud, it's been a while. Um, but I remember it was based around the Amazons, I think. Yeah, it was... Uh, it, well, no, it starts in Tristam. Uh, it has the background of the original Diablo game, uh, and it sort of is a dungeon crawl oh, into oh, the, the, the monastery. The Awakening,
1: Awakening is actually advanced D&D. It's actually... Yes, second. that's
0: right. But it was released... It was still released the same day as yeah. Diablery. It was released on May in May of 2000.
1: Yeah, it's basically the same thing as Diablery, but it's for AD&D not not 3rd edition yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So. But yeah, it, it was actually by Bruce Cordell and Mike Selenker. I just went and looked it up. And it it is basically like if you were playing AD&D and not the new D&D, you could make you could do Diablo in that. Uh but either way, yeah. So that's very similar. Again, you'd have to convert 2nd edition D&D at that point. So there, I don't there know are actual
0: I, charts and things to do it if you really want to.
1: But regardless, he, in terms of like what you're getting um, it, it's I, I honestly don't know what to tell you about recommending it. Uh, I honestly feel like if you like Diablo then sure it's pretty cool to have this book that will explain how to do Diablo characters in D even if you have to convert it a little it's still pretty cool um, but I mean you could get all the lore information out of just playing Diablo. -hmm. Like there's nothing in these books that you couldn't get elsewhere. Yeah, there was nothing.
0: There was nothing newer ground ground chattering as far as that goes.
1: As for the Warcraft RPG, there were actually two. There was the Warcraft RPG, which was put out first, and then that came out in like 2003, maybe 2002 even. That was 2003,
0: first edition. Second edition came out in 2005, I think.
1: Well, that's the thing is they then had the World of Warcraft, the role playing game, which was the they had the license. It was a uh, Swords and Sorcery, which was at the time was owned by White Wolf. I think it's Sonic's Path now. Yeah. Um. They 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 were doing. They they got the license and they did the the Warcraft RPG and they they used the open gaming license. They used uh, d20, which was at the time third edition. Mm-hmm. And then when they time came for them to update it, they were going to update it for uh, the new rule system because uh, keep in mind that they were working on 3.5 that was going to come out that was going to be the change to third edition it was going to become 3.5 so they were thinking about doing a revision and then they found out about world of warcraft so they decided to update their game to world of warcraft instead of just being warcraft Mm -hmm. and it's i've got the book right over there it's big it's a solid tome
0: yeah it's huge it's well i mean at the end during that time frame like white wolf was known for making uh, the sword and sorcery books they were all huge right they were all actually
1: massive also done like pr- up to previous to that they'd done an everquest book yep so they they adapted everquest i actually had the everquest rpg it was actually kind of cool um and so they they brought that in they they'd done that they were doing world of warcraft and it's it's interesting because it does a really good job of making a D&D game that's Warcraft flavored. It does a terrible job of adapting World of Warcraft. Oh, yeah. It does not feel like World of Warcraft at all when you play it. It feels like D&D with Warcraft stuff. Yeah. And so if that's what you're looking for, like, if you want to have your D&D game that feels like a D&D game, but you call your characters the various things from the Warcraft world and you have, like, the, the feeling of Warcraft to it, like a flavor, then, yeah, I'd recommend it.
0: I honestly, and, and here's where I think that these books do a really great job done. Don't get me wrong. The new books have some really fantastic artwork in them. If you pick up a, a D&D book like, you know, uh, the new Theros book, absolutely gorgeous artwork. Um, the caliber of artists that they have doing stuff for their books is phenomenal. But there was a sort of it wasn't quite heavy metal at the time. In late 90s, early 2000s, there was this big art push and art movement in what's called the heavy metal scene. And I'm not talking about heavy metal, the movie. I'm talking about heavy metal, which was an art style that was based off of sort of like that same type of genre, but going towards almost like a grim, dark slant. And Games Workshop started really pushing it at the time. People like Chris Metzen were super into it. Samwise's earlier art, you can take a look at it and see a ton of the influence there but it was very prevalent in the sword and sorcery publication books. So anything you bought from them had these crazy illustrations that were like super detailed line art. Uh, Almost everything had an illustration. Like if you bought a monster manual, because during the third edition, there wasn't uh, a whole lot of monster manuals. Like, you know, now we have the monster manual and then you have things like uh, the Tome of Monsters and, and all these alternate sources. Back then Sword and Sorcery were the only ones putting extra books out. And so when you bought them for their fiend folios or, or whatever they had at the time, almost everything had an illustration because it was stuff that never had an illustration before. These were new creations. And the Diablo book and the Warcraft books, both of them back at the during that during that time frame they had that same style of art. And so even if you don't care about the games, but you appreciate like this type of RPG art for that alone, those books are worth picking up in my opinion. Um, yeah,
1: it's actually covers by um, Sam wise on a couple of them.
0: Yes. And, and one thing I will say is like, if you like Azjara and how she is portrayed in game, you can thank the world of Warcraft RPG book for that. Her, like her Ursula style art. That's where that was born. Um, I think I actually wrote something for the site before Eshar ever popped up in Legion again, and I even said, and I pointed out, I hope when she comes back, they lean into the tentacles, because it was one of the, the most enjoyable things, because it, was, it wasn't it was just, oh, look at me, I'm pretty, or oh, look at me, I'm this comically large octopus, like in The Little Mermaid, it was this in-between, there was this sleek elegance and dangerousness to her uh, that, that just personified the character in a way that really resonated with me and you see that with everything they did like the initial wild hammer sketches exist in those books uh the idea of the wild hammer tattoos were born there uh so like there's a lot of like interesting things that you can see and in. And pull from those books, even if you never want to run those content or or convert it, uh, and some of it is definitely, like, ridiculously outdated at this point, but if you like tabletop RPGs, if you like D&D, uh, if you play heavily into it and you're into the history of D&D, I would highly recommend picking up these books if you can find them at a reasonable price, because they are... It's not a nostalgia thing, it's almost like an archaeology thing for me. You are getting a good chunk of history at a pivotal point in tabletop RPG, uh, history where things were starting to turn into a more mainstream, uh, media. And it just happened to be fueled by, at least in this case, a little tinch of that blizzard magic at the time. So I, uh, yeah. So, and, uh, as Bruce points out in chat, Metzen was really heavily into the, uh, uh, sword and sorcery, uh, development books and uh contributed quite a bit so you can see his flavor all over that so again i personally think worth picking up so all right anything else you want to add to that or
1: that's absolutely the case i i agree with you
0: Okay, Um, our next one comes from Jack. Jack, Uh, question for the podcast: Uh, With nine point one on the horizon, or at least the PTR, what do you think? What do you want the changes to legendaries to be? I'm pulling for another rank or two, and the addition of weapons allowing us to use two at a time—a weapon and gear. I don't know how do you feel about legendaries right now. Do you have any?
1: I have a couple. Um, I felt like the legendaries. I've. I don't like to sound like an old, an old you know, get off my lawn type, but. I felt like the legendary design in world of Warcraft has tried to, too, too hard to basically copy from Diablo, but not all the way. Mm-hmm. don't want legendary to become just the next tier of, of gear after Epic. They want Epics to be primarily your final raid tier type stuff. And then the legendaries add spice. And I feel like you either want to go the original world of Warcraft design of one or two legendaries per expansion that only certain people can get. And that's it. Or you want to go with the Diablo approach of legendaries is the ultimate form of gear. And that's what you're looking for. But having it the way it is now, legendaries feel like a chore. And they're mm-hmm. not cool enough to make me want them, but they're not useful enough. Like there's, there's like, I have this one legendary that's really good. And then I have this legendary that's good for something else. So I have to have two different legendaries that I keep up, but I only use one in this build and I use one in this build. And it's just, it doesn't, you know, again, this is just personal. I just personally don't really like the system as it is. I felt, and I was fine with it. Like when it was like the Cape in Mr. Pandaria, I had no problem with the legendary Cape in Mr. Pandaria or it's return in battle for Azeroth for that mm-hmm, matter. Mm-hmm, it's like everyone gets the legendary Cape and that's fine. Like, I don't, cause it's still just the one legendary, even if everybody gets it, that's just fair. Cause why should only some characters get it? You know, having it be a big hammer was really cool. I liked my big orange hammer, but at the same time, it meant that only some people could use it. Uh, and that's, We had the spectacle of a druid rolling on it because, you know, hey, when I go bare, I'll still get the fire effect from the weapon. And that was funny, but at the same time, it would have worked. There there just feels to me like that we've gone too far away from the design to a degree where it's just there's a lot of work involved in legendaries, but they don't feel special or cool anymore. Yeah. And that's just me. If for you, you feel differently, you know, that's great. I, I want people to be having fun. But I feel like they need to decide. Okay, what are we doing? What is our design goal for these things? What do we want legendaries to be? If I were going to make changes with the current system, I don't think I would introduce a weapon, but I would introduce the idea of being able to wear two or more. Um, we had that in Legion. Why not have it now? If you're going to make legendaries into this thing that happens every expansion, or you know, why not let people mix and match which ones they use? Why not, and let them be like kind of their own system? That was the thing I kind of liked about Azerite armor, as much as it didn't really work the way they wanted it to, I liked the idea that the the Azerite gear combined to give you str- you know new stuff. The problem was is that you had to basically talent spec the things. Mm-hmm. I I liked the Legion legendaries better because it wasn't you didn't have to talent spec it. This legendary gives you this effect. So if you want that effect, wear that legendary, you know? That that worked for me. And I think that that would be a good thing to return to. So I think two legendaries is fine. I don't really want them to make legendary weapons because I really don't ever want legendary weapons to go the way of currently legendaries in the game. Legendary weapons should be rare and special. I agree. They should be Valinir. The, they should be, be Shadowmorn. They should be the Fangs of the Father. There should be they
0: events. Should,
1: yeah. You get that thing and it's cool. And everybody's excited for you. And you know, it's like when I got my Sulphurus, man... People who didn't even like me helped me get myself for us. I made friends with somebody who up to that point, we had not got along. We like continuously like just didn't have time for each other. Didn't want to talk to each other, but making my legendary hammer, that person was finally like, yeah, that's really cool, man. Congrats. And I was like, yeah, maybe you're not as big a jerk as I thought you were. And he goes, no, I am. No, I'm, I'm a jerk. And we, we kind of became friendly after that. And that's the kind of thing that you don't get anymore. Cause there's no, there's no communal effort. There's nothing to, you know, Talking again about that whole idea of what do you preserve versus what do you like, you know, let change. I feel like this is a place where we could have preserved that feeling. Yeah. Um, I even to... if it's even if it's like the staff from from Firelands where you didn't have to go and craft Tar- a lot. Of stuff. Yeah, but that still was a cool moment and I helped a lot of people get it. I mean, I wasn't playing a I didn't play anybody who was ever going to get that staff, but I still helped people get it cuz it's cool.
0: Yeah, and and I think I'm with you on, on that, right? Like I, I, I agree with the, the weapon thing. I think that up to this point, legendary weapons have been a a very special, very important thing that has a sort of sense of community tied to it that has its roots in vanilla. Wow. Like getting a thunder fury was an event getting the hand of Ragnaros was an event. Um, Getting Valinir even wasn't an event. These were all important things.
1: Oh, I remember all the crap we had to go through to get our first <laughs> Valinir. No, man, that thing was throw it in, throw the piece in. Oh my god, we're all going yeah. crazy.
0: Really yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, but I remember like, it, but those were those are important things, and I'm kind of okay with those remaining important things. Now, in terms of what legendaries have been in the current system, I think they fall short of the mark that they were kind of to. Uh, aiming for with legendaries in general um they don't feel special to me in fact
1: I, I will say this i do like that they're like more designed by you now like you can add what you want them to be i want haste on my legendary i want credit on my, that that i like
0: i like that portion of it i like the system in general
1: yeah yeah but, that's not a problem
0: but i think i think it doesn't feel special enough like there's uh, like the event like going to the room carver inputting your coins cranking the Cabochon, or the uh what do they call them oh why can't gotcha uh, Gachapon. J- uh, cranking the 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 key on the the gachapon machine like that's fun but getting to that point isn't um at least to me i don't like farming soul ash i think it's boring i don't like it because Torgest isn't what I expected it to be. Um, as a matter of fact, like with legendaries upgrading them, I only do it when I absolutely have to. I'm on rank three of my legendary right now, uh, and it took me a while to get the gumption to do that. And it was literally the folks in my guild were doing a run and were like, We're going, we'll just drag you through, let's go get you your soul ash. And they did so that we could do it because I was just very whole hum about it. And again, because Torghast becomes very weird for soloing on certain classes. Like, I have a hard time with it on my Elemental Shaman. I might be the minority there. I don't know. But I have a hard time soloing uh, at any sort of efficient ash gathering rate. So, like, I just don't do it. There's no like it's not a big enough reward. It's not special enough for for me the payoff at the end to want to go and do it. I think that they could look at it and make it a little bit better. And I I'll, I do think that maybe if they looked at the soul ash cost uh, and maybe looked at the giving you the ability to wear more than one, that would maybe make it a little more appealing to me and maybe other players. And I think it would be cool. I think it would be cool because uh, Padilla said it in chat. Uh, as an elemental main who does resto stuff, they have six legendaries. Uh, they have six legendaries that they raid for, ve- or that they wear for very specific things. Which means that's six pieces of gear that have to be rotated in and out depending on if you're healing a mythic plus or healing a raid or doing PvP or if you're AOEing or single targeting or multi That's not fun. That's that's literally the opposite of what they wanted us to do with gear for all these years. So I'm hoping that wearing more at a time becomes a thing, because then that starts reducing that. I don't have to worry about shuffling gear nearly as much. So I don't know. Uh, I think legendaries could be cool, and they could be special and important again. I actually think you have a really good point about Legion. When you put it on, you got an effect, and we had, I think it was three legendaries in Legion,
1: I think maybe two, maybe three.
0: Yeah, but like you can mix and match and sort of customize your character a little bit that way, and
1: yeah, without having to actually talent spec your gear. Yeah, which I use too and and what, is too much, and without what is too much,
0: and without what Auto Luke was was saying in chat, which is uh, collecting instead of collecting legendary effects and uh, powering talents. But then it becomes a case of how are you empowering those talents, and it goes back to the whole specking the gear for Azerite. It's it's the same principle, the same idea to me so it's just let so it, yeah so um i don't know do you think we have time for one more yeah one more okay uh this one comes from yurik uh listening to the topic of wow 2 joe mentioned endgame scenarios i want to know how you think wow could end in 50 years or so hopefully instead of sargeras convincing the other titans what is your idea of the best ending Here's mine. Azeroth, the Titan, finally awakens and congratulates her champions for protecting her during her incubation. She then gifts them with their final reward, a purified planet Azeroth, free of Titan's old gods and other enemies. Love to hear your ideas. Thanks, Yurik.
1: I don't know. Here's the thing, man. I like it when my games don't end. I mean, I was one of the things is that it's one of the things that actually broke my heart a little bit about Cyberpunk 2077 is that there's an ending. And I mean, I, I like the ending. I think that a lot of those endings are really cool. I like that they're different and diverse. But at the same time, then it's like, well, you, in order to play, you then go back to just before the end and you just play with the knowledge that the end is there waiting and you're just avoiding it. I like the idea of them just one day, okay, we're done producing this game and we're not going to be doing any more for it. Here is the game with all the stuff we put into it for you to do over the years. Have fun. And if they kept the servers up for like 20 years after that, just in maintenance mode, maybe forever, you know, or or release the code and let people finally do private servers. I don't know. I, I I don't really want it to end. It's been a big part of my life, man. I proposed to my wife on a molten core run, (laughs) you know, I mean, seriously, this, my wife and I, before we got married, she, she had to come back up to Canada and I was still living in the States. We spent a lot of time in world of Warcraft, just hanging out. Like I remember like from level 30 to level 50, like every night, I would go to the docks, uh, Menethil Harbor, and I would look out at the sunset in the game, and my wife and I would just chat. We'd use aim, like we'd use it like aim. If any of you were old enough to remember aim, uh, and it's just, I don't want there to be an end. I don't want them to end the story. I don't want them to, to make it so that there couldn't be more down the road. I want this to continue, even if it never does actually continue. Like if they just stopped, I would be happy with them just stopping, than with them coming up with an end. Now this is not to say that your end is your idea is bad. Um, I mean, a purified Azeroth without any enemies on it just feels really weird to me after the past however many years of World of Warcraft and Warcraft games. It's just that doesn't sound like Azeroth. <laughs> but it, it'd be a nice thing to be acknowledged. That's totally cool. I just yeah, for me, not something I want.
0: Yeah, and, and like, I can come up with a million different end scenarios of like, these are things that would be cool when the servers go dark, but I'm also in that same camp. I don't want the servers to go dark. Uh, when City of Heroes went offline, that was a really sad day for me. Um, aside from, wow, that was a game that defined a large portion of who I am and who I became as a person. And. You know, when it when those servers went offline, when everything went dark, that was a really sad moment was what they gave us at the end uh, over the run of its existence. Cool. Yes. Would I have that versus the server still being online today? No, I'd rather the server still be online today. And there's something to be said now, too, where we are in a different climate and to sort of like bring it back to the real world a little bit. The game doesn't have to end. Infrastructure, data centers, uh, keeping things up is cheaper in a lot of ways than it ever has. And the options for hardware uh, and the efficiency of, uh, that that they can use to, to sort of keep those things up it's better than it's ever been. And it's only going to continue to get better as new hardware, new structure, and new uh, development types become available, right? Like,
1: Yeah. One example here, um, and this is a, a single-player not MMO game, but... Do you remember if you look at the original Mass Effect?
0: Mm
1: hmm. Plant Novaria, there are a lot of walls that block your view so they don't have to render all that stuff. Mm hmm. They took them out because it's not necessary anymore. Modern equipment can render all that stuff in its sleep. It's like, that's this is not hard to do anymore. This is now super easy to do. So let's just take those walls out and render the whole area so you can see it. That's like that in every aspect of game design now.
0: Yeah. And I, and, and from a, from a, 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 infrastructure standpoint, I'd rather, like, if the game is going to quote-unquote end, I'd rather go into a maintenance mode where it's just maintained as far as keeping it active, but maybe there's no more active development. And like
1: Heroes you, of the Storm. I'm fine with Heroes of the Storm being where it is right now. I mean,
0: I'm a little salty about that because I really like Heroes of the Storm and I wish it oh, got no, more stuff.
1: It, it still gets more stuff than, it, than you'd expect.
0: Yes. But I don't want the servers to go dark. And although if you were to pin something on me and say, if you're guaranteed that the servers are going to go dark, what do you want your end scenario to be? I always thought it would be cool. What if, and this is one of those stupid moments that, uh, it will never happen. It's a terrible idea. It's, but it's my terrible idea and I love it. I would want us to get sent back in time to the black empire when the continent was still whole and have us fighting alongside, the uh, Titanic creations to basically lock away the elemental lords, get rid of the old god corruption as much as we can, fight that tide back, and then have the game end where it started with the very first intro your character ever saw, spinning into World of Warcraft, um, because it it's so cliche. But I love the trope of the end is the beginning is the end, and having that moment where it's like, because I remember how magical that moment was where you make your first Torrin, you make your first orc, you make your first night elf and you get that swooping camera, which was very epic and cinematic and no other game was really doing at the time coming in and telling the story with the voiceover narrator, uh, which again, like is not really a thing much anymore. And it was just felt really, really special. And it was magical. And if the game happened to end, getting us to a point where you have that moment again, I'd be fine with it. I wouldn't be happy, but I'd be fine. So,
1: Can't just imagine it's going to be really great when the, the, the three greater evils show up in Azeroth. <laughs> Diablo just comes crawling out of a hole. And it's like, ah. And that's, I mean, just, oh, there's Diablo. Okay, we're done. Wait, no, we have to fight Diablo. Nope, sorry. But yeah, I, I think that's probably good enough. We, we'll push the other two questions to next week. One of them is actually big and involved, and I do want to talk about it, but it, I think we're out of time.
0: Yeah, I think we are also uh, out of time. But Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast lighting community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads free site experience.
1: Thank you, Joe uh and thank you guys for being here with us as we do this whole world of warcraft talking about thing we do we did also talk about diablo this week I, we got to start talking more about overwatch there was an overwatch story this week and i completely missed it i feel bad
0: i think we could talk about it on uh sunday it's part of our makeup for missing lore watch how's that sound
1: maybe we'll find out perhaps by sunday i'm probably going to be in a ham coma i'm still <laughs> eating leftover ham my god we had we made a giant ham but anyway um this has been the blizzard watch podcast. If you have an email or question for the show, you can send it to podcast at dot with the subject line podcast or blizzard watch. So we know it's for this show, or you can go to our discord server, the patron Q and podcast questions channel, or the Q questions channel. And we, we look at both of those for questions for the show as well. Um, thank you guys so much for being here with us and we'll see you next week.